Uh, thank you. It's a, a total honor and a total joy. I do get to travel. I, am, I attend the contemporary service. If there was a way, Stuart, that I could be in my life group and your worship service, not like your service, but like this service, come on. Heaven. How many of you like singing about heaven? Like, that's where we'll be whole. Um, just thank you. I really. You're so talented. And I can say, I'm in a different church almost every Sunday. If I'm not here, I'm in a different church or on an airplane coming home. Uh, so, uh, but it's such a joy to be in my church uh, serving, quote unquote, my people. Wow. Um, I'm actually shaking. It's easier to talk to complete strangers <laughs> than it is to people um, who know me. Because you know, some of you know me. Um, to the rest of you, just uh, whatever. Um, so this book, I've written six, but this is the best book that's ever been written. And uh, at public school events, we uh, sometimes take Bibles and give them away if people buy my books. All of my books are based on my faith. And we have a little sign that says, my Christian faith is included. Don't buy it if that'll offend you. And... Uh, Many of them buy them because they're desperate, and then we give them a Bible because this is the life letter, love letter, the instruction manual people are looking for. When people say, I wish there was a manual, I'm like, there is, it's called the Bible. Um, no, it won't tell you, you know, what college to go to or what career to take, but there is wisdom in here, amen, about who we are becoming. You know, God is good, amen? This book declares he is good. When I talk to young people, which, again, my ministry is called Celebrate Kids, so I do mostly parent education, teacher training, and programs for young adults, teenagers, and children around the world. And uh, when I declare that God is good, I tell children that although the world appears to be falling apart, it isn't, and God is still on the throne, amen? And he is good because we know the Bible declares that he is good. Jesus says that the Father is good. He is faithful, he is holy, He's uh, forgiving, he's our provider, he is full of truth and grace and mercy and so much more, amen? He is good. And he is a good creator. In Genesis 1.27, we read that God created man in his own image. I mean, God didn't need to create us at all. And he did not need to create us in his image. He create, could have created us, I don't know, like in the image of a grasshopper or something. It's a disgusting thought. Um, he created us in his image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And in the second service, when all the teenagers are in that section, I will walk over here and I will say, he created you male and female. So just so you know. Uh, and if you, if you want to be praying for me in the second service, uh, you know, by the way, to those, how many of you are grandparents? I praise God for you. How many of you are parents? How many of you are aunts, uncles, teachers, friends of children? How many of you are still becoming? Anybody? You know, God is not finished with any of us. He creates us in our mother's womb, and he continues to create us in the experiences in which he allows us to have. So this is not an irrelevant message for you. In the second, thanks for nodding, in the second service where I'll have more parents of school-age kids and a whole lot of teenagers, I am so looking forward to being in their face. Uh, with love, always with love. Um, see, God had so much love 
to share that he had to create people to share it with, but he didn't have to create you. And he didn't, did not have to create you the way he created you. He is a good creator. And he's a personal creator. He does not have an assembly line. God does not believe and he never will believe in a one model fits all mentality of creation. God creates every person intentionally and uniquely. He knows what he's doing when he makes us us. He has a vision and a plan for our lives and he still does. And he is not finished with any of us. Why did he make you you? I want kids to live long and to be strong and to find out why they are the who they are. And I want you who mentor them, teach them, grandparent them, and love them to be long and to be strong to help them figure out why they are the who they are. We have an identity crisis in our culture. People trying to change things they should leave alone and unwilling to change the things they could because they're lazy. And it angers me because I know what I know because I've read the word of God. God knew what he was doing when he chose to make us us. And he expects us to partner with him. It's never too late. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 8, we read this little passage. I just love it. Isaiah says, Oh Lord, you are our father. And we are the clay. Can you picture yourself? You used to be a lump of clay. Uneven, lumpy, lump of clay. Oh Lord, you are our father and we are the clay and you are our potter. I mean, do you trust him? And then it says, we are all the work of your hand. Isaiah chapter 64, verse eight. We are all the work of your hand. Say the word all. Everyone you'll ever meet and everyone you'll never meet that was created by God was created with his intent and he knew what he was doing. He sat there at the potter's wheel with this little lump of clay and he thought, I'm going to make them a girl this time. I'm going to give her long fingers so she can play the piano like her mom. I'm going to make her analytic like her dad. That'll drive her mom nuts. I mean, he had a plan for every person who's been created. And it's been a good plan. I want us to live intentionally back to God who was intentional when he chose to make us us. I want us to be full of joy and hope and gratitude as we live long and are strong. Why were you created the way you are? And why were you created now for such a time as this, I wonder? I want us to leave the world a better place. How many of you want to do that? I want us, thank you, I want us to leave the world a better place. I want us to positively influence people and therefore the culture. Who are you becoming? What is your story? God is the author you are not the author of your own story. She said with a smile on her face. You couldn't see that, but I was smiling. How many of you still like me? Like, I don't care. Um, you, it's not about you. It's not about you. I was a Chatty Cathy when I was a child. My grandma Meyer gave me the nickname. I was about three years old. Called me Chatty Cathy. Rumor is I was talking in the womb. That's an impossibility. Uh, but uh, I was a chatty Cathy as a child. Now, my parents chose to see all the words in me as a strength to develop, not a problem to eliminate. If my parents would have seen all the words in me as a problem to eliminate, I would not be here today. But my parents put up with the chatty Cathy at the kitchen table. I actually answered the question, how was school? 
When I was a young child, my favorite book was a thesaurus. That's a true story. Children think I need a life. I have a great life. I still own that thesaurus. And in the books I write, guess what? I use a thesaurus to write them. Childhood matters. Childhood causes adulthood. These are not years to be wasted. When I was about 10 years old, mom and dad enrolled me in community theater. They said, go talk there a while. <laughs> it's a true story. That's where I learned to be on stage, to project my voice, to use it well, to understand body language, and to be comfortable in front of a crowd. The way you answer your children's questions, the way you lean in and listen to their heart, oh, you change them or not. When I was in high school, I joined the forensics team and gave speeches, earning ribbons to do so. What am I doing today? No, no ribbon at the end, but that's okay. <laughs> this is a speech, so to speak. In the summer, I won the library reading awards for reading more books than anybody else. Now I've written books, working on my seventh, eighth, and ninth at the same time, which no one should do. <laughs> I taught second graders for four years. I thought I would teach second graders forever. Then I earned a PhD, became a professor, thought I would be a professor forever. And God kept moving me on. You know, it's not our plan. We're not the author of our own lives. Amen? And are you open and have you released your children to the plan and your grandchildren and even yourself to the desire that God would have? You know, um, sometimes I think about the reality that Jesus came as a child, you know, God could have made that happen in any way. God could have sent Jesus when he was 30, already fully prepared for ministry. I don't think it's a mistake at all, of course, because it was God's plan, that Jesus would have a childhood. That when he was 12, he was lost in the temple learning. When he was a child, being mentored by his dad, he learned to be a carpenter. Childhood prepares us. And I'm delighted to speak on the day that the kids advance to the next life group. I love that you are in church and that your family is in church. I've got young people listening to me and I appreciate it so much. Childhood matters. What's your story? Why are you who you are and why are you becoming who you're becoming? So my story is, I try to Kathy, and I have a low voice. How many of you have heard my low voice? Often people will lean over to a friend and say, you know, she kind of sounds like a guy, like, I know that, like, that's not a surprise to me. Like, I get it, like I am who I am. Uh, I'm called sir a lot, it's not cool. Not cool. Um, drive-through restaurant, which by the way should not be called a drive-through restaurant. Who named it that? Um, so when you, when you order your food at the menu with the microphone, they can't see you. So they'll, they'll say, that'll be, you know, 683 at the window, sir. I have a low voice. My voice is lower amplified. I don't get mad. It's not their fault. It's who I am. I drive 50 yards and I become a woman. <laughs> and I did not change my gender. Um, and the poor kid working there. Oh, my gosh. Looks at me, looks at the receipt. I'm screaming, give me my food, it's getting cold. But inside, I only scream that inside. 
because I'm a Christian. Um, and so, you know, eventually I rescue the person and I say, thank you, that's my food, and I drive off. And you know what, you guys? My low voice isn't my favorite quality, but I don't need a microphone. We could turn off this microphone and I could be heard throughout the room because low voices carry much further than high voices, and my God knew what he was doing when he chose in his love to make me, me. I've been to Estonia and Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan and Albania and so many places with, without sound systems, and it doesn't matter. I was just in Jackson, Tennessee at a summit seminar with 220-year-olds, and I was about ready to speak when the power went out on the entire college campus. We moved to a room with windows so that we could at least have some daylight. I did it without PowerPoint. I did it without a microphone, and my voice carried in the room. God knew, and God knows, and he doesn't make mistakes. Amen? And amen. And I, I want young people today to persevere and to live long and to be strong and to find out why they are the who they are so that they can serve as this little nine-year-old Grace Stedo. Praise God for her. Not just because she's talented and she is, and thank you for developing that in her, but that she was willing to give back to God what he gave to her. Oh, that we would do that. I want us to change the attitude toward the things that cannot be changed and leave the rest alone. I've chosen, my faith in God made all the difference because when I saw that I was created in the image of God for his good and his glory and not my own, and I believed in the believing of my believing that he is a good God and a good creator and a personal creator, then I can't be upset about my voice anymore. Because that would be a lack of faith and it would be a lack of love back to my creator who I choose to believe is good. When you raise up your children and your grandchildren and your nieces and your nephews and your spouses and your friends and your neighbors to understand that God is good and God is a good creator and he's a personal creator, it can change everything. Because even on the worst day, I can be called sir to my face. I'm in a, I'm, I'm somewhere and they don't look, how many of you know what I mean? They don't even look at you anymore, right? So they'll say, you know, did you find everything in the store? And I'll say, yes. And they'll say, well, that's great, sir. They don't even look at me. Like, I know I'm not like this beautiful, stunning yellow bows and, you know, white ribbon person. But it has to be okay. Because I choose to believe God is good. It's my voice, his voice for me, therefore it is good. Amen. What's your story? Have you rejected something that God chose for you? And therefore you're not walking forward into his best for you? I wonder. David writes in Psalm 139, 13 and 14, some very precious words. Words, in fact, that some moms memorize before they ever conceive their first child. David writes to God, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Ladies and gentlemen, knitting is a precise skill. It does not say in Psalm 139 that God threw us together. Not only were we a lump of clay that he molded and shaped into the exact form he wanted us to be, but in Psalm 139, 13 and 14, we read that we were knit together. It is a precise skill. The yarn is chosen, the color of the yarn, the size of the stitch, the size of the needles, and that knitter better know before starting whether or not it's going to be a scarf, a sweater, or an afghan. Could I have an amen to that? Because I don't want to wear a sweater that used to be an afghan. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It says in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully made. Oh, that God would want us to understand he did a good thing. 
that we would have an awesome respect for ourselves similar to that which we have for God. We would go, whoa. Not, I'm more fearfully made than you. That would be pride and that's sin. But we are all fearfully made. Do you understand that? That he was good. And you're wonderfully made. That means you're set apart and unique. There's no one just like you, which is maybe good. I don't know you all that well. You know, but to children who compete and compare, I love to say to them, there is no one just like you. If you ever get lost, a bloodhound can find you because he can smell something that is yours and go on a hunt because nobody smells like you. Might be a good thing, I don't know. You know, and nobody, will, nobody has your fingerprints, so if you ever get in trouble with the law, you can be found because that is how creative God is. But more important than your unique fingerprints and more important than your unique sense, nobody has your brain cells and your exact vision for the tomorrows and capabilities and passions and talents and all of that. And Psalm 139, 14 continues by saying that wonderful are your works. Do you know that in the knowing of your knowing? That God chose to create you, you, and that he wants you to become who he chose for you to be when he chose in his love to make you, you. Wonderful are your works. I hope you know that, and I hope that the children you love know that, that in your presence they feel no rejection and no abandonment. And then, oh, for David to write, my soul knows it very well. As I, as I minister where I am and deal with um, so many young people, the suicide rate in our nation, 3,000 teenagers a day try to kill themselves. And... Um, it's very, very sad, and it's a privilege for Celebrate Kids to be out and about doing what we do, and I would just pray that more young people would know deep down in their soul that it's good that they are who they are. Are you speaking truth to them? Because the lie is out there. Anybody know what I mean by that? The lie is out there. The lyrics of the music they listen to, the dialogue on the TV show that you allow them to binge watch and the billboards and the bumper stickers and the communication out and about from us in the church and from us in our families. I would pray that they would hear truth, that they are who they are supposed to be and that God is a good God and he's a good creator and a personal creator and he doesn't make any mistakes. I used to think I was too tall. I was about six years old, walked home from the elementary school I went to, sat down in the middle of my mom and dad's big double bed and I said, Mommy, I don't want to be tall anymore. And I was clumsy. I don't know if, can any of you relate to that? I tripped over things that weren't there. It was bad. Um, and I didn't care that there was a medical reason for it. It was just awkward and uncomfortable. And I'm so grateful my mom heard my heart cry. And she did not say, well, get over it. You're going to be tall. Look at your dad and me. Like, I'm six. I don't get it, right? Mommy, I don't want to be tall anymore. One of the most important things we do in the church and one of the most important things we do in our families and in our neighborhoods is listen to the child's heart cry, to be available, to be present. Thank you for nodding. To be, to be open to the conversation that might be awkward. Oh, mommy, I don't want to be tall anymore. And my mom told my dad, and that night they problem solved, but I didn't feel like a problem to be solved. Whoa. Did you all hear that? They problem solved without making me feel like a problem to be solved. And by the end of the week, I was enrolled in tap dance class. I probably can't do it on carpet with these shoes, but 
Oh, not bad. That's a shuffle ball change. Stop. Children clap at that moment. Come on, come on. You know, so I went from being, you know, too tall to the center of the back row, a position of high honor that only the tallest girl was allowed to have. All because I had a mom available to my heart. I believe that God creates us in our mother's womb with a vision and a purpose and a plan, and we are still being created by the activities and the experiences and the encounters and the conversations. Oh, mommy, I don't want to be tall anymore. When I taught second graders, I was really popular because I could hang things from the ceiling without using a ladder. And other teachers would come and borrow me rather than dragging the ladder down the hall. When I travel overseas, which I have not done in a couple of years, but when I go overseas, the airplanes are huge and the overhead bins are way up there. I have no trouble getting my suitcases up there. My first flight was to Asia. Can you picture me on an airplane going to Asia? I was really tall, <laughs> and they weren't. And uh, they talked a language I didn't understand, and I put their suitcases up and got them down when we landed. God knew what he was doing when he chose in his love to make me me. And now all of you can see me. I'm 6'1". You know, I could be 4 feet 10, and you'd be like, where'd that speaker go? Um, I can actually be on floor level at some of my events and be seen. I can sit on a stool because of my bad foot and be seen. God knows, and God knew. And he's not finished with you yet. And are you open to him developing more and more of you? I was in Thailand um, a number of years ago when I was speaking a similar message about being uh, not too tall. By the way, boys and girls now say, lady, you're cool tall. <laughs> like, I like that, I'm cool tall. So I was giving this little message and I used the example of I could be four feet ten and you'd be like, where'd that speaker go? And when I was finished speaking, no joke, I'm on the floor and up comes a Thai woman who is four feet ten. She is in my personal space. And she is not looking happy. And I'm thinking, oh, I have so ruined this. I was so afraid she was offended. And then she began to say, oh, Dr. Kathy, um, I used to not like being so short. But last summer I was in a car accident and the jaws of life had to be used to cut me out. And I was told if I was one inch taller, I'd be brain damaged or dead. And then she said to me, I am who I am supposed to be. Whoa. Do you know that it matters that you know that? Oh, thank you for your tears. I am who I am supposed to be. That's true for every single one of us when we don't understand it or when we do. What's your story? Who are you still becoming? In our maturity, we grieve what isn't. And you accept what is. Because that honors God as creator. You reject the lies, you work on what you can. Like I can't be short. I had a kid come up to me once after my, a school program and he said, did your parents ever ask you to be short? I'm like, what? I wasn't sure I heard him right. And he said, well, did you ever hear them pray that you would be short? I'm like, well, no, I was going to be tall, there's no way that I would be short. And then he said, I think I'm a permanent C student in English like you're permanently tall, but they keep asking me to earn a B. Yeah. We need to be careful. We need to be careful because that boy is actually in a world of hurt if he thinks that 
he's not going to be accepted by his parents like I was accepted by mine. I want children to live long and be strong and find out why they are, the who they are. Ephesians 2.10 is a fabulous one verse in a book Paul wrote in the New Testament. Ephesians 2.10 declares for each of us that we are God's workmanship. And in some translations it says that we are his masterpiece. Oh, that you would know that in the knowing of your knowing this morning. That you are God's workmanship. He created you for his glory. That you are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When you were conceived in your mother's womb and God chose to make you and he chose to make you you, he created within you good works in advance that you would walk in them. Every person you'll ever meet gifted by God for good works. Do we discover what they are? That's the purpose of childhood. A purpose of the church and the leaders here who love on our children and our teens. And to you who are friends and aunts and uncles and grandparents and parents. Oh, what are the good works? What's your story? What about your children? What are your good works? When we know our good works, it allows us to handle the things that aren't so good. Um, Does that make sense to you? When we know the good works, when we believe in the believing of our believing, that the holy word of God is true when it says that you were created in advance to do good work, when you know that, then on the hard day you can keep walking forward. And that's what I mean by live long and be strong and find out why you are the who you are. When I was a kid, I was a too tall, chatty Kathy with a low voice. Now look what God has done. I thought I would teach second graders forever. Became a professor, thought I'd be a professor forever. God kept saying no. Now, this is it, I think. We're 20, Celebrate Kids is 28 years old. So I think this is it. I really hope this is it. Um, Wow. I didn't have a clue that the chatty Kathy in me as a kid would end up being this. And that God would allow me the privilege of influencing people like you with the spoken word and the written word. Do you know your good works and do your kids believe in their good works? I hope so. I hope so. Spelling doesn't come naturally to me. Can any of you relate to that? The English language makes absolutely no sense. Um, my last name is spelled K-O-C-H and we pronounce it Cook. That's ridiculous. And um, drive through restaurants, you don't drive through them, hello. And you don't need the letter C, it makes the S sound and the K sound and we have both of those. The number four has a U in it. 14 has a U in it, F-O-U-R-T, spell 40. There is no U in 40, just in case you were wondering. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm. And if you rake with a rake and shovel with a shovel and mop with a mop and brush with a brush and comb with a comb, why don't you broom with a broom? If your children struggle with things, they're not necessarily stupid. Hello. Thank you, darling. So spelling doesn't come naturally to me. I will tell the children in the second service, don't ever lie to yourselves. I never say I cannot spell. That's a lie. There's a lot of words that are easy to spell. And I never say spelling is hard. That's a lie. There are a lot of words that are easy to spell. 
But what I will own is that spelling does not come naturally to me. I want the rules to work. If there's an E at the end of the word that's supposed to make the first vowel long, put it there, and if it's not, don't. Like come has an E at the end of it, and comb has a B at the end of it. That's ridiculous. Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Wow. Wow. Don't let your weaknesses win, though. Amen? See, when you know in the knowing of your knowing that you were created in advance to do good works, and you celebrate the good works, not pridefully, but you own who God created you to be because he didn't have to, but he wanted to, and it's a good thing. Amen? When you know in the knowing of your knowing he did a good work, then you can handle the weaknesses, and you can handle the challenges. You change what you can change and leave the rest alone. You change your attitude toward the things you can't change. So I travel with the misspellers dictionary so I can look up the words the way I think they should be spelled and find them there. Like knowledge should not have a K in front of it. Hello. So in my dictionary, it is spelled N-O-W-L-E-G-E, which is how it should be spelled in my humble opinion, you know. And then you find K-N-O-W-L-E-G-G-E, and then you correct your paper. And let me remind you, I have an earned PhD in reading and ed psych. I'm a well-educated woman and author of six books. But we all have challenges, amen? We all have things that don't come naturally to us. It doesn't make us weak, and it doesn't make God bad. The thorn in our side that he's chosen for us, I wonder to not quit when life is hard, to believe that your works are wonderful, to know that full well, to know that we are all the work of his hands and that he is good in his work. Amen? Proverbs 19.21. Proverbs 19.21 declares, many are the plans in the mind of a man. Right? It's true, right? Many are the plans in the mind of the man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. It is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You were not created for your own good and your own glory. He has gifted you. He is still gifting you through relationships and through encounters because it's his purpose that will stand. He has general purposes for us all to love, to know him, to make him known to grow in our maturity, and then he has specific purposes for each of us that we would walk in those. And again, I pray that we would live long and be strong and find out why we are the who we are, because he is not finished with any of us yet. And I pray for those of us who influence children that we would do that well. Amen? And amen. I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet if you want God to show you more of his vision for your tomorrows. Would you just stand up if you, oh, that's cool. If you, wow, whoa, that's so cool. Wow. <laughs> so you're, by standing, you're admitting that you're still becoming. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. How many of you, by raising your hand, also know people who you pray you could influence so they would become more of who God wants them to be? Would you just raise your hand and say, oh God, help me help them? Thank you, you put your hands down. These are confusing days. There are so many people who don't see God as good. There are so many people who don't think this book is true. And there are so many people who are trying to escape and compare and compete and deny 
I've met so many children who say, Dr. Kathy, I'm a chatty Kathy, but it just gets me into trouble. How can I be like you and use it for good? You are the ones who provide the boundaries to the people that you know. Father God, would you equip us and empower us to continue to be more of who you want us to be? Would you give us ample opportunities to bless people we know with an encouraging word of affirmation? Would you help us point out their good gifts? Would you help us help them believe they are good, created by a personal good God who knew what he was doing? Would you help us to celebrate the people in our world? And we will give you all praise and glory. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.